What's up? Welcome back. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Nice I to just, be back. Yeah, I just checked. It's uh, it's been almost three years that we talked. Crazy. And I believe I'm not sure, but I believe last time we talked was, I think pieces just got released. Could that be right? Um, I think it's the the newest version of pieces was released. Oh, there's there are separate versions of it. Yeah, there there was there's a lot of versions of it. Uh, it's the one with uh, Vice and Leonie music. Mm-hmm. Um, they did like a new, more poppy version, more radio version of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the time when this was released because Pieces was originally released on 2019. And back then we didn't talk. That's no, it was, it was 2020 September. I noticed. Yeah. 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 So I just. Uh, I... Back then, I put pieces into my playlist because I really loved the song. And then a few list, a few years later, I clicked on a song and noticed like, boom, millions of plays. And I was like, what the fuck happened there? Yeah, it actually um, was going viral. Back, actually, in the time that we spoke, it started mm-hmm. to get a lot of users on like TikTok and Instagram, mm-hmm. like the reels and all the TikTok videos. And... I don't know why and what was like the start of this, but people were like starting using it. And actually the Corona pandemic time was like a really successful time for me because yeah. like all the people made their reels with, with uh, my songs and it was really crazy. But it you had, have no idea how it happened, like no marketing plan I, or whatever. I, no, I think someone started it and then they just liked it and kept going with it. And then you, if you, if a song gets really well on TikTok, on Instagram, they, also push it of course if they see okay the song is going pretty good then also my label sees okay we need to support it a little bit more and they talk to the tiktok guys and instagram guys and then they um pushed it a bit more yeah and but there was not like the start of like okay we invest in some campaigns for you to get this uh, it, it was just randomly it it started and it was crazy really nice. crazy so uh, tell me a bit more about what happened ever since then, because I can imagine uh, quite a lot has changed during uh, the past few years. Um, I mean, yeah, the the a lot of changes in the studio. If we change to the other interview, I had like a different wall type and I have my logo now written on yeah, there. And one of the more beautiful changes is I got some... some nice gold records. There some gold ones and some platinum ones and there's like the the big one from germany there's like a big uh, german uh, uh, golden plaque how and much place do you need to get to get to get like one of those plaques in germany 30 million on radio or spotify or uh, spotify like, like combined uh, streams combined and right. what's what's like the current state of the, the amount of streams in germany yeah or like the song in total the total of the song, I think it's over 200. 200 million. I think Pieces got like over 200 million streams right now. Holy shit. And with um, with all the the audio snippet streams, like from TikTok and Instagram, like if you include these two, I think it's it almost 600 million or 700 million. Pooh, holy shit. So that's all because of the fact that TikTok entered the game. Um. I wouldn't say it like that. I think that the song was going pretty good without all these videos. It yeah. has like a good amount of streams um, before that. Mm-hmm. But it actually started on, on the Instagram Reels and wow. then also on TikTok because the people also uploaded the videos on TikTok too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it 
played like a huge role in the situation but also a lot of like uh, playlist um, support and also the the label did a lot of things to push it more and yeah. also the the label selected they have they have like a playlist with deep house mm-hmm. and they're like really huge playlist i think right now they're at three million followers on the playlist so pretty mm-hmm. huge and they also pushed it there too and they run um like a campaign with um with the song uh, in I think it was yeah I think it was pieces and I watched the uh, someone sent me the commercial where they put pieces onto the commercial for the for the playlist and I was writing to them yeah it's I mean thank you for using it but it's funny because people listen to the commercial and go to the playlist and the song isn't in the playlist maybe <laughs> like yeah that's a mistake we should fix that and then they put it back in and it had also like a huge impact they have like a really nice playlist nice so what happened with your career afterwards? Like, is there anything significant you could point out and say like, okay, this definitely came because of the fact that I uh, had like a, a hit record? Um, it's not like the crazy impact that people would maybe think of. Mm-hmm. It's not like that my life changed like completely. I mean, yes, it it, it did um, in a positive way. Um, I think you get like also more attention on like your social media and more attention on your other songs because people like the song and be like, okay, what does this guy also do? And they listen to your other songs too. So you have like a whole increase of your listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back then when we talked, I had like 1 million monthly listeners. Now it's like four. Um, so that's a, that's a change. Um, I guess more bookings people Mm -hmm. you get like more bookings because you can like discuss it better and be like yeah i got the hit record so maybe people want to have like an agency now or someone Uh, yeah okay yeah i got like an agency now who care um for like the booking stuff and it works pretty good and we actually are now planning to like expand it more and do like more live things to the live set not just like a dj set like more Mm -hmm. of a actual live set um i want to throw my synthesizers onto the stage and be like doing some actual live shows and i want to like arrange the songs to a new level so every time i play the people heard a song for the first time and the only time and yeah. that's like the special thing about it and i also got this um Fredaget inspired <laughs> machine plus nice yeah yeah because i i i actually did this thing i did my jam sessions that's that's like my social media thing when i made a song or like a new song is coming out i go into my studio and film like this jam sessions i call it jam sessions mm-hmm. where like just uh, uh film the process of how i made the song and back then i always used i have like a midi controller and the midi controller also has like this drum pads on and i always used it in my videos like five years ago mm-hmm. and when i bought this and used it in in like a tiktok or something people would be like yeah everybody buy doing this now because of fred again but i actually <laughs> did it before yeah and that's a whole a huge point <laughs> yeah people can check it out in your previous yeah I, I i sent them the video and be like i did this five years ago man so please yeah exactly yeah please, shut up <laughs> but um that that's actually one of the things i wanted to talk about as well like i've, I have a couple of I kind of changed the the way of how to do these conversations because I and now I have prepared some questions mm-hmm. uh, because what I think is most important is 
I think it's important for people to know a bit more about how things work with you on the inside, as in what did you encounter? How did you deal with it? Uh, was it hard? Was it not hard? Like those type of things. And mm -hmm. one of the things that a lot of artists struggle with is authenticity. Mm -hmm. And what I really like about you is you have a really auth uh, authentic sound. If I listen to a certain song, I can easily point out an Avayon sound. Thank you. And um, my question to you was, what does authenticity mean to you as an artist? And how do you ensure that you stay, that you stay true to yourself in mm -hmm. your creative work? Um, I think it's like the most important thing for me to keep like this. Actually, what you said, it's like, the goal when I started to be like, okay, I make a song and people be like, yeah, I know it. it's, it's his style because I listen to it and I recognize it. And there, it always played a huge role in mm -hmm. my whole process of being like an artist. And of course, when I started, I always had like this role models where I like try to like copy the sounds of it. When I first started with like this electronic music, um, like my first role model was Chami. Mm -hmm. um, of like the it was the like a big big time of like future house and all that yeah, stuff exactly. because he was like the father like the godfather of, of future house and i was so catched and hooked by the sounds that he made like this more vibey melancholic but also uplifting sounds and i think that switched like a flip in me where like okay i want to do the sound design it's it's so good and that's that was the time when i try to like understand sound design and how to do it and also create your own out of it. And I think I switched so many genres because when I first, first started, I came from like the dubstep and rhythm scene with drum and bass stuff, like the super hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And I also take parts of this style and, and this genre and this genre and uh, try to like learn a lot of genres and sound design from different type of styles and try to combine it into like my own style. Yeah. And I think the most important feature about this is that I also put my own voice on my recordings. Mm -hmm. I think that's like one more intimate part that not every other artist will or can uh, put on their sound. So that's like the whole combination that makes my sound like special, I think. And yeah, so it's, it's like a combination of years of practicing with different genres and yeah. including something organic, which is literally you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's like the, the source behind it, like the, yeah. the special treatment. Yeah. Um, because you can, I, I think a lot of people um, don't understand how important like like a really, really emotional and good vocal on an emotional track is, um, especially like in the EDM scene. The, the vocal is just also an instrument that they just put on and it'd be like, okay, it's fine. It's good. Um, I mean, yes, okay. The Because I, I really like the idea of like instruments and synthesizers being like the main thing in the song and not the vocal because like in pop genres and stuff, it's just the vocal who makes the song uh, or like rap or something. Mm -hmm. um, but in EDM, the, the instrumental is mostly like more important. I think it changes now because... Right now, it's like more the, the vocal type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I was not always a fan of like doing my own vocals on it, but I think it's like a uh, more intimate part that I can put on a song and also like convert these feelings into the song, into the people. Yeah. And 
I always try to like have an open end to my song so nobody listens to it and feel the same. I like it that every listener has like a different connection to the song. And that's also like one of the parts that I really, really like when people write me, okay, I met my boyfriend through the song and it's our song. It's like our love song. And for other people, yeah. it's like a breakup song. For other people, it's like they lost someone and it helps them. And it's and that's also what I like when people have like their own story to the song. And mm -hmm. that's why I always leave so much room for interpretation to the song yeah. and not like keep the lyrics too straight to the face. Yeah, exactly. So being authentic is is as an artist, you've managed to figure that out by just experimenting a lot and finally finding something that um, results into you. Yeah, I think when I when I when I started doing all all of this, I always had in my mind to be like, um, I think like a really like changing part was when I because I had like Chami as a role model I always typed in on YouTube like uh, Chami style sounds or something like this or like any type of role model type sounds and I was sitting there and thinking like would it be cool if like someone put like Avion style since Avion style I don't know whatever and that was like the the flipping switch where I was like okay I, I need to do my own thing to like so it becomes something real and people try this and maybe f like stop trying it because it's a lot harder and it's a more slow process because if you like get your own style, your own genre type of thing and your own like thing out, out in the world, it's a, a slow process because people uh, need time to understand it and also mm -hmm. like it. If you like follow a trend and do like a super, super viral vocal and remix it to a new song and then people, it will blow up really fast and you get like more recognition really fast. But I think people don't care who made the song. They love it. They listen to it. You get a lot of streams, but yeah. I think they don't care who you are. But if you like make your own style, your own artistic being um, it's a slow process because people need time to see it and to understand it um, but when you made it you made it yeah so you know what i mean like yeah exactly like just for people to realize how much time have you been working until this hit happened yeah and that's that's also what people maybe don't see they only just see the okay it's there and you always had it and they don't see like the 12 years before just sitting there in your room and doing yeah. your own thing you know do you have been working 12 years until you've had your first hit record um i think i started producing 12 years ago yeah. and pieces released on 2019 so i guess like eight nine years yeah, exactly like yeah and i released on soundcloud for like years <laughs> years like yeah. years it's not because a lot of people t told me yeah I i'm a fan since pieces like your first song it's like, like dude. <laughs> dude it's not my first song it's like my 250 song yeah but um the first one you you noticed that's the only yeah, one the first one you noticed but um, i mean i uh, i mean i appreciate it anyway so it's yeah i can imagine yeah thinking about like the creative process you know like i can imagine that during the process and during those eight or nine years there's been a lot of insecurity as well and self-doubt in creating yeah. your music still it's still going still still, still going. there i can imagine still especially there. especially when you have a hit record one yeah of the and you always have the pressure 
exactly what you see with other artists as well an insecurity comes up you might start believing that you're not able to pull this off again or that it that you're yet that you've been lucky or whatever um so how do you handle those feelings of insecurity and self-doubt i don't know man it's it's still a like a a process that i'm in Mm -hmm. um I started caring about like all this type of mental health stuff a lot in the last two years, mm-hmm. um, especially in the last month. Um, and is it, it really because, helped me. Is it because you needed it or? Um, I would say yes. I, I think I needed it um, because I always like struggled with like anxiety stuff mm-hmm. and it was getting worse um, with the pressure. And if there's like a lot of pressure, I felt terrible. Um, but also motivated. That's like a like a paradox um, because I can work under pressure and I like the pressure, mm-hmm. but just the pressure from outside, not the pressure from inside. And the pressure from inside is a different thing because it's like the self-doubt and like your inner voice who's talking to you. And this one shouldn't pressure you. Uh, the pressure from outside is okay. If the label says, yeah, we have a deadline for the song, maybe two days and do like, okay, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm going to do this in two days. That's like a good pressure and I kind of like it. Um, but uh, the pressure from inside is like a different type of stuff. And I, I still deal with this, especially when you have like a hit song, the pressure like in your in yourself gets like super high mm-hmm. um, but you also learn how to deal with it if you understand that the pressure inside can also be something good because you start to improve more mm-hmm. um, i think if, if i would be like totally happy with what i have right now and be like okay my sound is perfect now i'm i'm the best it's okay i think i wouldn't improve so that's also like yeah. a good point to have like this little this little doubting uh, doubting in yourself to be like okay i want to improve i want to get better um and for the last months it really really improved because i just started to learn so much new things about sound design and to improve my sound and like my mixing and the cleanness of my song more and i really enjoy it because it feels good to sit in your studio and you have like a new project laying around that's like really really clean and crispy and like it sounds expensive you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. this expensive sound yeah and um, it's it's a good feeling but it's it's like a good and a bad thing at the same time so you kind of take your insecurity and self-doubt and twist it into a motivator yeah bro sorry 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 just uh, my friends there sorry no worries sorry what did you ask uh so you kind of take your insecurity and self-doubt and yeah. turn it into a motivational aspect instead of a negative thing yeah, and I, th- I think it's really easy to say it like mm-hmm. that. It's like a really hard, like, yeah, it's like a path that you should go. And it's like training, a lot yeah. of training. Um, and I think for the people outside, um, for all the producers, a lot of producers notice um, that like the mental health, like meditation thing and all that stuff is like really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but you will get it um, the first time when you're like in a point of your life where, where you'll be like, okay, what should I do now? And then... Only if you're like really low, you can start like thinking about what can I make better. And that's what I, when I started like doing all this breathing type of things and meditation type of things. And it really helped me to like be in peace with myself and Mm -hmm. don't, and try to understand what this like inner voice is telling me because it's not like a bad friend. It's a good friend. Mm -hmm. 
just tells you to be better and so you get better and you right. do more so it's kind of like a good thing but you can also like misunderstand it into something bad and then it's not good yeah because your your inner voice is not necessarily you that's also called- yeah that's that's the whole, that's the, that's a big big point yeah yeah it's also something really important to realize because yeah. that voice is not you it's just like yeah. a voice telling yourself yeah. and it's a, it's up to you to decide what you act on and what you don't yeah is that something yeah, well, you've learned as well over the past months uh, yeah and i have a really funny story because uh, on the song uh, broken that i made uh, i used this like bad inner voice to write the song Mm. And I, I, when I, when I had like some crazy thoughts with like this bad voice, uh, I wrote it down on my phone and I made like actually like a song out of it. And that's funny because it's it feels like someone else wrote it for me. It's, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like a second personality. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like I don't know. Should I like put it in the credits? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like creator, is it really yeah. me who wrote the song, or is it like an, should yeah. I put some other credits? Like, like uh, I should call him Christopher, like my real name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of producers would call themselves a perfectionist. Is that something how you would describe yourself as well? Uh, yeah, I guess so. And it's also like sometimes a good thing sometimes a bad thing because if you really want to finish a lot of songs it's a bad thing because you're like you're never happy with the song but also a good thing because you improve more so your songs get better so it's like and how and how did you manage to control your inner perfectionist in the moments of as you mentioned like a song's never finished like how did you manage to break that pattern um i mean there's i think also every producer knows this if you're like do a song in the night in the studio and you come back on the next day it always sounds trashy and i try to like hear it as much as i can on the same night i mean if i'm in the studio made the song i drive back home and my the drive back home is like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and i listen to the song in this 20 minutes at the same night for like 50 times and if i still like it on the same night I know on the next day it will be just perfect. And it's also a good thing because on the ride back home, when I listen to it so many times, I um, notice a lot of things that I want to change on the next day. So mm-hmm. I write it down and be like, on the next day, I want to do the vocal job a little bit more early or later or keep it out or keep it in. I don't know. And this really helped me to, because you have the same ears, uh, like in the same night where you actually liked it. Uh, because a lot of people just, close the laptop don't listen to it again and just on the next day and with like fresh ears and it's also good because you have like this fresh ears but it's not good for the like perfectionist because you always find something that you don't like or maybe even like the whole thing um you don't like the whole thing anymore and that's maybe a bad thing because then you just never release it or never finish it because you're not motivated enough to finish it yeah and i find out when i do this type of things on the same night I keep the connection to the song more closer so it's more better, you know? Yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense. As in, I've never heard someone really do it like this, but it does make sense to me that it's uh, a good way of kind of checking in with yourself. Like, is this something good? Yes or no? Yeah. Uh, Because you're still like close to the song at that point. Yeah. Maybe Um, something like this would help. People try it out. Try it out. Maybe it helps. Maybe not. I don't know. It works for me, I guess. Do you work a lot at night or? Um, kind of, yeah, but not like too late because I get, I get really tired, pretty mm-hmm. fast, 
Um, I'm not like the super night owl thing to work like the whole night through and sleep at the day. I like this like normal schedule, like normal sleep schedule. It's like better for my mental health. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, uh, I can totally agree with that. As, keep keep doing that for as long as you can. Even when you start touring, you know, like try to... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like this. It, it feels better to like wake up when other people wake up and go to sleep when all these other people go to sleep. Yeah. Um, it just feels better for my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. In your career, um, there must have been some new challenges or, or trying something new, like trying something outside of your comfort zone. Have you encountered something in the past few months which was really outside of your comfort zone? Um, I guess uh, bookings that are like more far away than just like in my country or like area. Um, I had like a show in Switzerland. It's not that far away from where I live. It's not like that bad to like a 50 hour, uh, 15 hour plane ride or something. It's it's okay. It was like a car ride. I still drove there by car, but it was like nine hours or something. Mm-hmm. And um, just going through the mountains, through like these tunnels and stuff. And I also don't like tunnels. I'm actually a bit afraid of tunnels because it's like so claustrophobic, yeah. like kind of. And the whole ride to Switzerland was like just tunnels, <laughs> like just <laughs> just freaking tunnels. It was crazy. And yeah. I mastered it pretty easy. And I was like so proud of me. That it was like, just like, yeah, I did this. It's no problem at all. And how did you overcome it? Um, I don't know. I think the like, because I'm taking like all this meditation thing really serious for the last weeks and months. Um, and I never tried, tried it in my out of comfort zone situations Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then i tried it for the first time in like the standards where i was like okay i'm good nothing can happen to me in here and it really helped actually and was that like a mental process as in you started kind of having a conversation with yourself is that how i should Um, imagine it or actually no it's like you have this conversation with yourself but you distance from it you just Mm -hmm. watch it from a distance and that's like the whole meditation thing that's all about it you just distance yourself from like this feeling in your head when you start getting like like, like this anxiety vibe and mm-hmm. all these voices in your head, you just get like a distance view from it and just watch it. And that's, that's like, like a third party. Yeah, you're just going to third party mode. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's weird, and right? It, How you zoom out and see your own, uh, like check yeah, it your really own behavior. Yeah. It really helped because you feel like you feel like so out of control in the situation. And that's mm-hmm. also funny because I the only fear that I have is like not having control, like this control anxiety. And Mm. in this tunnel, I feel like, okay, I couldn't go out of here if I want to. And that's Mm -hmm. where I start to get like nervous and stuff. And in my mind, I just distance from the situation and be like, okay, this tunnel is going to end. It will end. It's, it's a fact. And if I just concentrate on something else or just watch me having like this conversation with myself, uh, time will pass and it's it will be all good and that was like the solution of it i don't know i will yeah. try it in different uh, situations and tell you if it actually helped me no but it's good that you've learned yourself this way of dealing with it as in yeah. um i i think one of the things that most of the people of our age don't really know well at least a lot of people in the world don't know is that mm-hmm how your brains work and how your thoughts work and and how you can channel those things and 
um, how your body responds to your thoughts. Because mm-hmm. once you start thinking that you're going to die in that tunnel, your body's going to respond yeah. by getting a panic attack, by getting yeah. high breathing and hard, yeah, heart yeah. rate and those type of things. But you can um, solve those things by starting in your thoughts yeah, and, and channeling what you think and how really you think. Powerful. Yeah. yeah, super, super helpful. And you mentioned that you that you're a pretty control freak. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm really. I really like it when I have like the control of the situation. Yeah. Um, it's, so, it's, so, so how does that work when, like now, you you get bigger, your team gets bigger. I can imagine you have other people, uh, like your booker, for example, working for you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of giving people control over your business. Um, I have no pro- uh, no problem with it when it's like business related. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually like it to have like more people into it that like can help me with different stuff, and um, I'm super into this and super open for this. It's more like situational things, like with me, like physically, you know, mm-hmm. to like cars, planes, um, I don't know, trains. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the environment's really important to you. Yeah, yeah, like like a situation where I have like the full control. If I also like elevators, I'm not afraid of like uh, small rooms. I'm not like claustrophobic. It's just like I'm I'm in the elevator, and if if I want to go out like now, I can't because I need to wait until it's in the floor that I want to go. And yeah. that's it's weird. It's super weird. I don't I don't freaking know what happened there. But yeah, okay. I guess I can deal with it pretty good. So. Interesting. And is there also like, um, do you also experience some stress in, in like in your career at this point? Um, yes, I, I would say almost every day. Okay. Um, but I mean, just stress with myself. It's not like this outside stress. I mm-hmm. mean, yes. I mean, there's like, a, I'm working on an EP right now. And there's like nobody from the outside world tells me to, okay, you need to finish three songs the next week. Like nobody tells me that, but my inner voice tells me that. And so I get like this pressure if I'm on my phone and I slide into like TikTok or Instagram and scroll through videos and I watch it. And like after 10 minutes, I'll be like, what am I doing right now? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's just the pressure in my own head. It's it's not the outside pressure that I can't deal with. It's Mm -hmm. just the pressure. And how do you manage the stress that you get from that in a project or pursuing a goal? Um, I try to use my time more wisely and choose to like improve a lot in like different areas. Like also like with my instruments, I started playing the piano more often and doing more like actual uh, musical stuff and also more songwriting, more like technical stuff with like sound design and mixing techniques and all that stuff. Uh, try to learn more about it. If I'm on the phone and watch TikToks, I don't want uh, watch like some random stuff. I try to watch some sound design tips. You know what I mean? Stuff. So it's like an yeah, like educational stuff, and that helped me really to like calm it a bit more and also relax, but also educate at the same time. Yeah, so you get less stressed. Yeah, yeah, it's, and also sport. Uh, I I uh, started with like um, fitness stuff, mm-hmm. just going to the gym uh, in the morning, and it really helps. It actually really helps. Like everybody 
says that, and it, but it actually helps. So it's, yeah, it's the reason like, why everyone says that. Yeah, I'm I'm always like this, and yeah, everybody says it, <laughs> but it actually helps. Yeah, it's there's a reason behind that. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, I noticed on your Instagram account that your amount of followers also increased with the amount of listeners that you've gained on Spotify. I I think you've crossed one hundred thousand followers now on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. How much are you on TikTok? Uh, I think 85 or something, something like this. 85. Okay. So there's, and I also noticed that it's, uh, that the audience is super engaging. A lot of people respond to your content and engage with you or, or with your brand. Mm-hmm. But also, I can also realize that every now and then there's a negative comment in there. How do you cope with those things? Like I, I noticed there's like, tens, maybe even hundreds of positive comments on certain videos, mm-hmm. uh, but there must be one or two negative ones as well. D- do you read those things? How do you deal with it? Mm. I don't know. I, I never had like this crazy hating type of vibe where like people actually write some super bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the only thing is what I also mentioned, if I do like a TikTok and you use some parts that someone else used before they'd be like yeah it's uh, you copied something or it's stuff like that but i don't really get like attention to it because people don't know and they're like not that much into all, all this stuff so they just see like the 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 overview of the whole situation they see okay it's the same thing as someone else used so it's it must be copied yeah i don't so keep you- attention to them so it's all good yeah, so you're kind of putting things in perspective and, and kind of stand above it and say, like, uh, I, I know better than they do. So, yeah. Yeah, and if someone writes, um, yeah, I don't like the vocal and, like, do it like this, it would sound better. I actually try it and be like, yeah, maybe maybe he's right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, um, but, like, this super dumb hate comments, um, I'm, I'm blessed with that because there's, like, no one who's, like, super helpful, hateful and... and shitty talking that's really nice yeah (laughs) and do you ever catch yourself overthinking something in your uh, career Mm, i don't know i think it's also the pressure to be like that's also like a problem like a problem if you have like a like a song that goes really really good and has like over in this case like over 200 million streams and you always want to reach that level again with a song mm-hmm. or maybe like even pass it and mm-hmm. make a new new type of thing and it's a pressure with yourself when you release a song and you'll be like okay hopefully this one gets the attention um, that it deserves and all that stuff but um, I don't think never in a bad way I mean there's a lot of overthinking all the time um, but, but do you overthink like the creative process like maybe I should use the same melody or the same synth or the same yeah, I, I had this phase where it was like, okay, maybe I should go more into this if people like it. Um, but I also enjoy to just play around a lot with sounds and mm-hmm. change a lot. And I think it's not bad to also put some songs out there like a bit more similar and also put some songs out that are like more creative, experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, because you will you will catch a lot of new listeners um, with a new style because they just discover you throughout the new style and you also please the old listeners who will really enjoy the yeah. sound that you put out so it's oh, a good, good between that 
Yeah, but it's good that you do that because I think that's that's a big pitfall once you become successful is to kind of box yourself into this is the way how I should do it from now on. And you, you mm. start limiting yourself yeah. from creations. Yeah, that's I think that's a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and by overcoming that, you need to overcome your fear of not being liked by your your current fans or new fans or maybe yeah maybe you put something new out and they tell okay that's that's not the th the sound that you usually bring out i don't like it yeah um could happen um but you also get like new listeners that just discover you throughout this type of style so it's mm -hmm. a it's a 50 50 situation but i think it's a good thing Do you think about your your current fan base a lot in your process of making music? Um, I mean, yes, but it's always just the vibe that I'm feeling, mm. um, and actually not that much of overthinking. I just sit there, make some chords, put some new sounds in, try my new mixing techniques and new sound design techniques, and if I like it, I like it, and if I don't, then I don't. Um, But it's always like the the process of like starting this idea, sending it to like my management or like A and R from the label, and then they be like, like the reaction of them is also like a big part. If they be like, okay, bro, that's crazy, um, that's always like a good thing. And if they say, yeah, it's nice, good one, then it's like, ah, oh, okay, well, maybe need some more work. Um, so their their opinion is super important to you. Yeah, and the actually most important thing is is then actually the fans because when I do the jam sessions and mm. that's also a thing why I do this jam sessions is because I release a snippet of the song before the song comes out. So I release it and the interaction of the people and what they write and how many like interaction it gets in total is like a really, really important thing for me to understand if they will like it or not. Because yeah. if I like upload a jam session and it gets like tons of comments and people share it and they go crazy over it, I know when I bring the song out, they will like it. So it's like a focus group, a test group. Yeah, it's like it's like testing, but <laughs> also, um, yeah, it it really boosts my motivation. If I put this out and people go crazy on on the jam session, it's like a huge motivation to like also like keep going with more of that style, uh, also to. Uh, getting motivated for the release for the pre-release phase the after-release phase and all that stuff so it's it's a win-win i think yeah it's a good way to measure uh what the outcome is going to be yeah yeah uh, um you mentioned that you've been working on your mental health for the past month months mm -hmm. um are there any particular books or resources uh that have really helped you in your journey um, yeah, there's this guy called Wim Hof. Mm -hmm. Dutch guy. The, the Iceman, Wim Hof, yeah. And he's really, really crazy good. He's like, it's like extraordinary superhuman good mm -hmm. um, because he does this for the people who don't know. And he's also called the Iceman and for a reason um, <laughs> because um, he uh, invented the Wim Hof method and it's, it's like his technique of like doing like a meditation routine with breathing exercises and mm. also like cold plunges, like really, really cold plunges. And I tried it. I, I watched the YouTube videos that because some influencers were like going to his house and they tried the Wim Hof method. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that, 
I mean, I like cold water. Maybe I should try it. And the breathing exercises is like the more important thing because they kick in so hard. It's like really, really crazy. You can just type on YouTube Wim Hof breathing yes. technique and they show you in like all languages. He he does it with like, I don't know, eight or nine languages. And you can just like listen to him um, do it like the way he does. And it's crazy. It's like super... It just hits. It just hits in the face. You and know, if you do this, and after that, like a really cold shower, that's crazy stuff. Yeah, it's amazing what that can do. Yeah, it's really, really crazy. Yeah. And if you also go for a walk after this, and then come back from the walk and do like a 10 minutes meditation, just sitting there, concentrate on your breathing, you're going to be a whole new person in like three months. <laughs> so that's your crazy. main resource of uh, improving your mental health at this point. Um, yes, and also Headspace. Oh, yeah, the app. The Headspace app. Yeah, they're really good because they teach you like this basic um, meditation techniques. And if you know the basics, uh, you can actually improve really good. Okay. Just focusing on your uh, breathing and just be like present. It's like really, really crazy powerful. Yeah. What yeah. advice would you give to other artists who may be struggling with their mental health in their creative passion? um going more as like in my case it's like going more out of your comfort zone but not like in this like big big step um like in super super small steps even if you're like sitting in your room on your laptop and you maybe watching this and you don't usually go for a walk try it go for like a little walk then come back home and maybe try the cold shower or maybe the Wim Hof breathing method um I think just like the small steps of trying stuff out of your comfort zone is mm -hmm. the actual solution. And that's also something I think everybody who deals with it says, but it also has a reason behind it because it actually works. Yeah. Um, you, you need to, you need to get out of your comfort zone in order to grow in life. Yeah. Because it's like, also like with, with social anxiety, try to go into like a bakery shop, grab something there, go into the city, just walk around the city where like a lot of people is, go back home and you will feel better. Even it's like slightly better, but you will feel better. Yeah. And if you do this like every day, uh, you will catch yourself staying in the, uh, like in the city, maybe around people and don't even think about that you're like in the city with people yeah. because you're just so used to it. And it's like, you don't even care about it. And that's where the growth begins. Yeah. So just doing a lot of things that kind of scare you. Yeah, but not like this big steps where like, okay, I have this super, super fear of, I don't know, flying. Uh, you don't book a flight tomorrow and go for a flight because I think you're not mentally ready and you will get a panic attack and then you're like, you will never fly again in your life. I think you should like start small uh, with like small things and get to a level where yeah. you don't even think that bad about doing the most fearful thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like like teach small yourself steps. in small steps instead of taking the, the long ones. Yeah, because a lot of people tell you, okay, you overcome a fear if you face it. And I think it's right, yes. Um, but I, in my case, like with the tunnels, um, if there was a, like a tunnel that's like 20 kilometers long and I was in there for like 50 minutes or something, I would have just cried with panic attacks but all the all the tunnels that i was like going when i was driving to switzerland they were like super small tunnels and they just grew um, mm -hmm. every time and so i could like get used to it 
And mm -hmm. the last one was like, I think I was like 25 minutes in there. And normally I would like just freak out. And it was chilled because I was like, yeah, I just did five tunnels and it was easy. Yeah. So why should there be a problem here? Yeah, and I would, if I would have started with the big one first, uh, I don't think I would have handled it the way. Yeah. You, you've built your self-confidence. So now yeah, you but you know what I mean? And that's the whole process. If you're just the small steps and then you get used to it and then you just uh, build up your... Yeah. Uh, like yourself. I don't know. You know, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this again. And uh, I must say, I'm, I'm really, uh, how do you say it? Like, I'm super happy for you that to see that you've grown so hard and so, so quickly. And uh, I know how much of a struggle it can be to work on something for nine years. Mm. Uh, and then suddenly you get that kind of success. Well, not suddenly you've been working for nine years, but that's how people might experience it. Yep. But it's also the reason why I wanted to catch up with you is to see like, how did you experience this period and, uh, how are you dealing with it? Because there's a lot of things coming up on the road mm. and, um, it, it, it puts things in motion in your career, but also with you as a person. So it's good to keep monitoring that and to stay on top of that. Yes. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing your knowledge with all the other artists listening now. Hopefully it's useful to them and they start breeding, uh, <laughs> doing the Wim Hof method from now yeah. on. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing, yeah. Yeah, so let's check in in another two years and see uh, how things are going from then, okay? Yeah, see you in two years. Yes.